Hey guys, this is Matt. Just wanted to bring you a little disclaimer. Near the end of the podcast, we start talking about the fingerprint sensor on the Honor 10. Now, this fingerprint sensor is under the glass of the display, but it's not inside the display. It's below it, just to the south. We didn't want to confuse you guys, so we thought we'd put a little disclaimer on the front of the podcast. Now, with that being said, here you go. Welcome to the Android Guys In Brief Podcast, the 15-minute tech news podcast that never lasts for just 15 minutes. Today is Tuesday, May 15th. My name is Matt Adams, and I'll be your host today. Alongside me, we have Andrew Myrick, editor at Android Guys, and Scott Webster, founder and editor-in-chief. How are you doing today, guys? I'm doing well. How are you? Can't complain. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I need more caffeine. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be your default uh, state. Um, <laughs> so we're so, gonna we're gonna switch it up a little bit today. Um, normally on the podcast we talk about a couple different uh, topics that are going on in the news, but today uh, we're just gonna do one. Um, the Honor Ten uh, just launched uh, earlier this morning at a an event in uh, England. So uh, we're gonna go over that. And um, while this is kind of a big launch. A lot of people don't know Honor. So, Scott, why don't you tell people who Honor is? Sure. So, they're basically a sub-brand or an offshoot of Huawei. And they've been around for about five years now. Most of the phones are going to be budget-minded or lower cost. Um, Then what you're going to see from flagships, that tends to stay for the Huawei brand. And a lot of these are going to be offered, uh, initially at least, overseas in China, uh, but we are starting to see in the last year or two, they're starting to trickle out into uh, other markets, including here in the United States. So that's kind of where we are today. Uh, we're looking at other devices that US consumers may or may not be aware of or brand. Uh, so this is kind of something to put them or put on their radar. All right, sounds good. Um, so Andrew, why don't you go ahead and take us through some of the specs and some of the stuff that we saw today from the launch event. Uh, okay. We have a 5.84 inch LCD display with a two, two to one aspect ratio ratio. Uh, we have Huawei's high Silicon Kirin 970 processor, and there are going to be two different, uh, Ram combinations with either four gigabytes or six gigabytes. And the same is true for storage coming in at six, six, 64 or 128 gigabytes. On the camera front, we have a massive 24 megapixel front-facing <laughs> camera, and then a dual ca- a dual dual camera setup with a standard 16 megapixel and a secondary monochrome 24 megapixel uh, rear sensor. It's coming with a 3400 milliamp hour battery, Android 8.1 with EM- uh, Huawei's EMUI overlay, and it's coming in a few different colors, um, and it's priced at 399 pounds or about 540 bucks. So, so that sounds pretty uh, pretty much like a flagship to me. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but those seem like pretty good specs for a brand that focuses more on the mid-range. No, you're right. Uh, at that price point, too, that's kind of that middle to upper level. Uh, you're starting to get into what you're going to get from, you know, Samsung and LG, HTC, uh, and really not that far off from what we've got, you know, from Google out of the Pixel 2. We're, we're kind of all in that same space. 
what's really interesting to me is you know the processor and how it's kind of positioned around AI and how Huawei just really they as long you know as well as Google and everybody else are really starting to push AI machine learning and some of the capabilities that you know not just here's the processor here's the speed here's the RAM like it's more of like here's the experience so it's it's an interesting device to me yeah the so the the Honor 10 as Andrew said has the Kirin 970 chip and that's that's made by Huawei so that's their flagship processor now the the knock on that one has been it's kind of like a generation behind where Qualcomm's at. But Scott, that's the same chip th- that was in the Mate 10 Pro that you reviewed. How did mm. you feel about how it did in the Mate 10 Pro? Performance wise, I mean, it's as good as anything that you know that I've played with. Um, you know, having a couple of weeks with it, trying to make it a daily driver. You know, it, for me, I always keep my daily driver and carry that with me. But I try to, when reviewing phones, keep that other phone front and center as often as possible. And with something like that, I don't always load every single app, every single game. I don't sync all of my accounts. Um, So it's not like I'm living with it as much as a daily driver or to that same extent. However, saying all that, uh, performance-wise, what I do put on them, you know, I do try to throw a few games that I like, a few things that, uh, you know, I have to have on my phone, a couple of accounts, a couple of uh, apps that, you know, sync and ping me and just kind of, you know, absolute minimum type stuff. But uh, it performance, I, I thought it's great. Uh, it's, you know, we we live in a world where the tech kind of moves faster than usage. I think we might have talked about this where, what I do with a phone today isn't drastically different from what I did with a phone a year ago. Uh, the apps and things are improved, the UI, but by and large, it's the same experience. It's the same type of uh, user base or use case for me. Um, I think it's uh, you know it's a negligible thing for a lot of people. Uh, imagine if you walked up to somebody on the street and said, "Oh, which phone do you have? What processor's in that again?" Nobody's going to know that. That's one of those things where fanboys and enthusiasts and early adopters and people who really pay attention. But when you look at who's moving the needle and who's actually buying these devices, your neighbor doesn't know. Your aunt doesn't know. They don't care, Um, especially in terms of like processor clock speeds. You know, is it 1.8 gigahertz or is it 2.0, 2.3? People don't care about that. What they want to look at is what can I do with it? Is it smarter? Is it more intuitive? And, you know, where I kind of like enjoyed that processor in the Mate 10 um, or the Mate 10 Pro is that the uh, it's just smart. When I go to take a picture of something, it just would pop up and it would automatically recognize what I was taking a photo of. And it would be like, oh, this is sky or this is grass. And it would kind of tune things and just kind of intuitively adjust itself without me having to go in and say, oh, I want to punch up the green or I want to enhance um, the color here or dial it down there. And just the fact that, you know, how fast it does the things that I do go in and change for me, that's, you know, that's, that's flagship worthy processor. And if that's in this, Hey man, that's, I mean, that's a budget approach to, you know, a, a near similar experience. Yeah. It seems like this device is in that, one plus 
5T, one plus six, Honor U10, um, budget flagship range. Andrew, I mean, do you think that there's any reason to pick up the Honor 10 instead of one of those other, you know, essential phone type uh, phones that are that have the the flagship specs but are in that five hundred dollar range? It's it's going to be a different experience. I mean, I played around with the Mate SE and the, the Mate 10 Pro for a little bit, and my biggest problem has been like the software overlay. So, like, if you don't like a lot of gimmicks and stuff like that, that may be something to deter you from it. But in terms of price point only, I think it's still a great value for what you're getting because like, you are getting flagship specs for less than $600. And, but we may see something that just blows everything out of the water tomorrow with the OnePlus 6. So we may not even be talking about this anymore. Or True. it may be a... a direct head-to-head about how the Honor 10 hangs up against the, or uh, compares to the OnePlus 6. So we'll just have to see what happens. Going back to that software, um, the knock-on Honor Huawei, their skin has always been, it's more like iOS than it is Android. Um, The theming, some of the design choices. Do you feel, based on your time with the Mate SE, and Scott, you can jump in here too, about your time with the Mate 10 Pro, do you guys feel that it, it is that that criticism stands up to where it it feels more like iOS than it does Android still, or are they more shifting towards Android Android kind of like we saw Samsung do? I think Andrew? they're making. I think they're making the shift. Uh, they? It's, it's I, I I feel like they are. It's a slow shift. Um, it's not just like Samsung comes out with the S8 and then boom everything's back to or closer to the way that we want it on Samsung devices. Um, but with the theming included, like you can skin everything in, on, on there. So like you can make it look like, uh, to a certain extent, you can make it look like and, like stock Android. Uh, you don't have to stick with the boring old rounded off squared icons. And you don't have to worry about having all your apps on the screen. You can go back to your app drawer if you want to. Scott, what do you think? I would say basically the same thing and just add that, you know, to me, it's not the worst thing in the world, I guess, if it looks similar to the iPhone that, you know, as an Android user for more than a decade now, it's my preferred OS, of course. But when you look at, you know, what Apple's done, it's been largely consistent for a decade and there's no real reason for them to change things. There's, you know, they can improve it and enhance it and add to it, but they haven't had to overhaul it because of user experience. They haven't had anything where it's like, oh, this looks like this, or it's laid out like that. And it, that's okay. And for me, you know, with the, uh, my time with the Huawei phone, looking at it, it's, it's nice. You know, back in the day when Android was like really early, and carriers or companies, OEMs were really trying to like get a foothold and trying to grab the market. Everything was so vastly different and everything that was HTC looked like HTC mm-hmm. and Samsung, the same thing. So it was like, wow, this is so in your face. And a lot of those have refined and kind of like taken a back seat. Uh, and Android has gotten much more uniform uh and even at a stock level it's kind of gotten a more 
uh, appealing UI and layout. So as that's evolved, you know, I, I like the fact that OEMs don't have to do quite as much uh, at the skinning or the user experience. So I'm okay with it. Um, it's not something where as I play with it, it's really like, oh, this is so, it slows me down or this is, uh, you know, as somebody who uses a, a Pixel or tends to have stock Android experience, when I go to review these phones, I, you know, it for me, it's more of a change. But for the average person, you got to keep in mind, like, if they're just taking it out of the box and they don't really use their phone that much, or this is only their second or third smartphone, and, you know, how different is it drastically or is it minimally? And they do a pretty good job of balancing that. So I think that with this, uh, you know, the fact that it runs Android 8.1, great, uh, very current. Uh, in the EMUI 8.1, it's it's as current as they can provide. So consumers are going to get something that's, you know, as refined and as capable as what's on the market. All right. So we've talked about what we like about Huawei. We've talked about what we, what we like about this phone. Let's get a little nitpicky. You can't have everything. Uh, without you know, getting that flagship price point in there, that price tag in there. So, what do you guys feel, based on what we've seen so far from this phone, it's missing that could be a deal breaker for some, for some people? For me, uh, the first thing you know that a lot of phones are starting to have almost industry standard is the water protection. Uh, yeah. Is it splash proof? Is it waterproof? Is it something that, you know, I've got to really keep an eye on? Uh, it's a gorgeous looking phone, but it's not something that if you're sitting out and it starts to rain, you're going to grab that and throw it in your pocket, of course. But you got to move a little quicker. This one doesn't have any type of water protection that I'm aware of. Yeah, I think it's I think it was lacking that IP rating that we've come to look for at this point. Um, Andrew, uh, what, do you, what do you think it's missing? Um, it seems like Honor and Huawei have really upped the ante. But I don't understand why you need a 24-megapixel camera on the front. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest gripe. And that's, I mean, I don't take selfies very often. I don't, I use Instagram, but I use my main camera for Instagram, like my rear cameras for Instagram. Like, I don't need to take selfies because if I have such a great shooter on my, on the back of my phone, what's the, I, I don't need to use... A, uh, an inferior sensor on the front. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much my biggest gripe looking at it from just being released today. So uh, another thing that as I'm just kind of picking up from other coverage and just seeing, uh, it doesn't have a true optical image stabilization that people come to look for. Uh, they rely more on AI for this. So it's the AI assisted stabilization. And even if you look at the back of it, it says AI camera. So it is a little bit different than the tech that we've seen, but if it's anything like what Google does with the pixel and some of its own, like, you know, let us stabilize your video and, you know, let us do that with a processor or our own chip. If it does that, Hey, uh, Maybe OI, you know, OIS is something that we don't have to look at quite as, you know, with the scrutiny. So on the surface, no OIS, but, you know, 
maybe we'll start to see in some of the videos and the reviews that come out that the uh, AI stuff is as good. All right, so those are the negatives. Every phone, it seems like today, has one killer feature that they that they seem to have to to lean on to sell the phone. Andrew, what do you think that one killer feature is in this phone? The embedded fingerprint sensor. It has an embedded fingerprint sensor. I thought that wasn't thought that wasn't coming to to, to the market for years. Yeah, From the future. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Looking at looking at the back, uh, looking at the phone, like the pictures of the phone, you can see there's no rear-mounted fingerprint scanner, which is what a lot of OEMs are doing, so that you can have a bigger display. But it seems that the Honor got the the uh, technology right to actually use an ultrasonic technology and a fingerprint fingerprint scanner right underneath the screen, which is amazing. I mean, that's so that's the that's the one thing to me that is really going to make me feel like I'm living in the future. Mm-hmm. Is it an embedded fingerprint sensor? I'm hoping so, that more OEMs do this because I think that technology is so cool. I like the idea, but I, in terms of practicality, I I like the rear fingerprint scanners and the sensors. So I don't know if that's something that, you know, if there's a balance of that moving one around back. Um, but hey, if you're going to put it in the front and that gives you room to kind of expand your screen to body ratio or whatever, yeah, awesome. You know, it's it's cool. Uh, I, I think that um, we'll start to see a slew of these and we'll start to see companies pushing the, uh, you know, we're now 93, 95% display and just minimal bezel around there. Um, that's a cool feature, though. The fact that if he thought about this a few years ago or even thought about it in the last year or two, you wouldn't have imagined that that technology could work. Like, it's a screen. It's a display. It's glass. Like, how? <laughs> so right. it's really cool. Uh, something that, you know, it won't be long before we take this for granted, which is interesting to me, uh, you know, as the fact that they added support for it into Android at 6.0 and we're only at like 8.1 now and then with P, but the fact that uh, it hasn't been that long since they built support into it at a platform level, meaning that devices offered it just before that, but they kind of, you know, OEMs did their own things with it. it it's only been a few years and it's only going to be a few more years before we look at it and go, wow, that this, this doesn't have a, you know, a, I have an actual button for the fingerprint reader. Why, why can't we put it in a display? Like, this is a, this is a really cool technology that I think won't be long before we say, yeah, I, I expect that we need, we're supposed to have that. I agree with your line of thinking, but I almost wonder if there's another technology out there or one that's coming that's going to replace it completely. Cause we've already seen like face ID show up on the iPhone and stuff. And I wonder if an embedded fingerprint sensor is the the final stop for that biometric security, or if it's going to be more of the facial detection, which um, Honor boasted about during their press conference today, that um, using the 24 megapixel front-facing camera, it's supposed to be fantastic on this device. I, I just wonder if that is where we're eventually going to end up or if it's going to be a fingerprint sensor or some other technology that's going to come in 
that is going to both be secure and quick and convenient. So, oh, man, it's going to recognize your musk. It's going to know <laughs> your pheromones when you walk up to it. <laughs> It'll know just because it's you somehow. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Um, be sure to check in with androidguys.com. We're going to be covering the Honor 10 um, as in-depth as we can. And um, also keep an eye for tomorrow where we've got the OnePlus 6 launch coming. And we'll be checking that out and uh, covering that in depth as well. Um, this is the In Brief podcast. The 15-minute uh, tech podcast that never ends in 15 minutes. Um, for Scott Webster and Andrew, I'm Matt signing off.